Attention to all our Audio Boom listeners. Um, Audio Boom cuts off the podcast after 90 minutes. So the podcast you will be hearing on Audio Boom uh, is shorter <laughs> than it actually is. So if it cuts off at 90 minutes, you know why. Uh, to find the full episode, go to gamebanter.co.uk. You also find uh, plenty of other places uh, from there to listen to us if you wish. So enjoy the episode. <laughs> All that she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow. All that she wants is another baby away. She only wants another baby, but the question is surely, how many babies does she already have? At what point do you say to someone, very sorry, but you can't have another baby? I know you are gone tomorrow, but you'll have to wait until you find out the regulations of your new town. Hello and welcome to the Game Central Podcast, episode 81. Funnily enough, that's the same age as my granddad. Coincidence? Yes. What isn't a coincidence, of course, is the two guys joining me once again for the 301st rated podcast on iTunes. With Metal Gear Solid releasing on Monday, Don thought now would be as good a time as any to complete Ground Zeroes. Don found himself ducking out out of sight, tranquilizing unsuspecting men and dragging them into bushes, releasing a young boy being held captive in a cage, heavily guarded. Upon releasing said child, Don made his way to the coastline for extraction arriving home just in time to fit in a session of Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. Well... Yeah, that's not going to work! <laughs> <laughs> you are live a strange life, Don. I'm sure we'll be hearing how you found Ground Zeroes in our rather dull titled section, What Have We Been Playing at the end of the show. What an absolutely uninspiring name. What would make me turn off as soon as it came on? Luckily enough, listeners turn off way before then after all this is the longest running gaming podcast and we don't mean that as in length of time we've been going at just over an hour and a half in length each week by the time we reach what have we been playing you'll be well and truly asleep so how are you don i'm very very well thank you are you sure yep top you won't be here next week will you no because you're going, going off to, to Spain. another country oh yes he likes to go on holiday. We're all off to sunny Spain. We're not all well, off. I am just not you. Yep. Thank you, Don. Uh, then there is Gareth. He yep. has it's the podcast, you know, don't you, Gareth? I do. If it wasn't for Gareth, this podcast would be an unending mess with sections that just ran into each other and wouldn't be distinguishable where one began and one ended. So thanks for that, Gareth. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, then there is me, myself, Rob. I introduce the different sections, and if it wasn't for me, then each section would blend into another, and we wouldn't have a clue what was going on. This is an example of me doing that. We have a great show for you this week. I know I say that every week, but I do actually mean it this week. Uh, there is the news as we discuss the great and most interesting news stories from the world of gaming. Then our feature this week takes an in-depth look at the convoluted story that is the Metal Gear Solid series and try to make sense of it for you before the release of the much-awaited Hideo Kojima game, The Phantom Pain. Haha, <laughs> that rhymes. Uh, then in our newest section, entitled Email Play, We Do As You Say, we give something back to the listener, as we welcome our suggestions for a feature. Hopefully we'll have a different one every week, 
We have a rather vague suggestion this week, but obviously being somewhat of a disturbed lad, I have tried my best at adhering to this man's wishes. Then we talk about all of the latest games that have been released in the last few months as we round up with what have we been playing. You have to agree that the podcast is stuffed with more content than Don's girlfriend's bra. Almost. Oh yes. It's time to cast this pod and see what we catch. The first thing that's bitten down on my rod is Don's hot gossip. <laughs> it's not news, it's not factual, it's something different altogether. The deep vibrations only a few can pick up on, and luckily Don is one of them. What have we got this week, Don? Yo, well, this week it's very topical. Uh, it's about Hideo Kojima. Oh, Who'd have guessed it? Who'd have guessed it? But it's completely on topic. I, I, uh, I spent a lot of time this week when I. Uh, I've been delving through the, the, the holes and the, the little little secret paths of Twitter. Yeah. Um, going further and further, deeper and deeper, until I eventually uh, found one of Kojima's uh, developers, uh, ex, obviously, um, Kojima Studios, who worked on The Phantom Pain. And with my really, really rough Japanese and his really, really rough English kind of getting mixed up together, I managed to get a little tidbit out of him about The Phantom Pain. How brilliant is that? Now this um, this is going to be on. This is going to actually be true, right, Don? Because Konami employees who do nasty things. They, he's not a Konami employee anymore because they shut down the studio and uh, okay. his whole his Konami Studios team. They've all just they've they're all left Konami. They've all basically got sick to death of it and left. Um, but yeah, so apparently in the the Phantom Pain, uh, there are some hidden collectibles. And there are five of them, eh? Because it's Phantom Wait. Pain, Manga Solid 5. Yep. And guess what they are? They are Chick- little... T- what? Chicken hats. Chicken hats? Nope. They are, um, in a final little kind of fuck you um, to, Kona- to Konami. It didn't. Ma- it wasn't meant to be that way, but it kind of is yeah. going to turn out that way. There are little statuettes of Hideo Kojima hidden in oh, Phantom Pain that you can collect. Yourself. Well, you know, I guess he was thinking maybe this will be the last game I ever make. Is he naked? Make... I, I do not have knowledge of what he's wearing, merely that he is a statuette. I think they should be massive, like the ones Saddam used to Hussein used to have in uh, <laughs> Iran. Made of gold, gigantic ones in the middle. Yeah, just of getting in the way of everything. Every time you come across a city, city in the city centre, there's just a <laughs> massive statue of Kojima. That would be fine. Like any other series, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's a bit much." But for Metal Gear Solid, you'd be like, "Yeah." Mm. You'd be yeah. like, "Yeah, it's about not." That's about. Well, right. he was in Ground Zeroes, wasn't he, Hideo Kojima? Was <clears> he? <throat> yeah, there was a mission where you had to rescue him. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He's he's very much. I think that's why they want to get rid of him. He is a touch vain. But, He's very self-indulgent. Yeah. But, you know, fair enough. So there you go. Well, very okay. topical, on point, and uh, yeah, you are welcome. I look well, forward you. to uh, next week's Whitlock It, which will hopefully not be about Hideo Kojima. No, uh, it probably no, won't be about Hideo Kojima. Can I just point out, I mentioned this during our chat in the week. Oh, God. You just can't leave it alone, can you? Can I, can I mention this to how, once again... My gossip has been proven correct because you know, I've got the sources. I can't, you know, what can I tell you? Yeah. 
you all mock it, you all think it's a bit of a joke, you think I'm making shit up. But in reality, I'm getting a lot of inside info here. On it's the vibrations, isn't it? The reason I, ha- and it has to, I have to put it across as if, oh, I might perhaps have made some of this up, is because a lot of it's inside info, and if people get found out they're leaking stuff, they will get sacked. So, you know. Genuine well, thing. Anyway, well, well, I was going to say was the, the NX. I did say during one of our conversations about... Okay, wait, wait, wait till we get to the news before you start dreaming yourself up. Oh, start putting sat- statues of yourself all over the podcast. When I when I guess my shit right that we did at the start of the year, everyone was really annoyed that I brought it up. <laughs> yeah, because, Gareth, that's not your area. You're that's, not a super saiyan. That's even more impressive. You're not a wizard. Everyone said I was definitely going to be wrong, and then I was definitely right. Yeah, but no, no one likes being told they're wrong unless they're professional like Don. <laughs> okay? So, on to the actual news. <laughs> so, on to the news. Uh, I know I said earlier just then, Don, uh, that it's the actual news. Obviously, that's not an insult to you and yeah. your sources. <laughs> it's basically just saying that this is news. Yours isn't news. We can't label it as news because then it's as if you're giving something away. Uh, no, I understand. And I uh, I don't want it to be labelled as news. It's no. gossip. Gossip. It's Speciality. Yeah. Right. Nintendo might be planning a gaming console without an optical disc drive. So is this going to be download only, Don? Yep. As, yep. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before somewhere. Which wasn't news. Um... <laughs> That uh, Nintendo might be the first company to actually go download only. Mm. Uh, turns out I'm looking very likely to be correct. I don't think you're correct. I oh. think I'm correct. Because there is uh, gaps in this patent for, like, memory cards. Yeah, but they have them on all of their consoles. They've got them on DS. They've got them on the uh, the Wii and the Wii U. Both have SD card slots. No, no. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, like... Almost like, what if it's like a, a DS that you put on a TV? Wow. Like, you know, like they had the Game Boy player back in the day? Yeah. I think it could be like a a DS for the TV type thing. Or, if they do release games on it, they could just be on like carts. Like an N64 cart, but now because they can cram loads of shit in. Be just a massive memory card that can hold like 18 gigs. That'd be really nice, Gareth. I'd love that. Sounds a bit like you're you're stealing my my idea of the whole uh, the whole thing being a, a handheld that will also plug into your telly. I didn't somehow. say it would be. I said it would be the equivalent of a Game Boy player, which is a handheld, but that you can then plug it into your telly. No, it, it's not. It's That's a console that plays portable games. You can't. It's not like you pick up your Wii and just take it outside. and You're like, no, it's portable. <laughs> no, but you know you the controller. If the controller's got a screen on it. You can uh, potentially take that outside of you and play the same games you were playing in your home. That's what three. That's, you just described a DS. <laughs> but it's, but you can't plug DS into your telly. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's, That's what, what the NX is. You're gonna be able to play all those old DS games on your TV. Fuck yeah. Well, keep your finger on the pulse of that one, Don. Okay. <clears throat> It is on the pulse. My finger yeah. is constantly throbbing on a Your pulse. finger is the pulse. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain has been getting absolutely amazing reviews. It's got 10 out of 10 across the board. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people picking 
holes within the story and stuff like that and still oh, the fuck off it's a metal gear solid story what the fuck do you expect <laughs> yes but what i'm saying don is you can't say oh the story's not very coherent or consistent and then award it a 10 <laughs> yeah if, if either that is a bad thing that's so bad that you have to knock it down a point or two or it yeah. doesn't matter in which case you can't really be complaining about it that much you can't be complaining but uh just quick brief here don you yep. played uh, Ground Zeroes. Has it piqued your interest or pucked it? Um, I, I've, I hate Ground Zeroes. Okay, brilliant. So that but be... I am still incredibly interested in Phantom Pain and would like to get it. Let's talk, what about the mechanics? So, the um, no, yeah, that's all cool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the actual getting anywhere on Ground Zeroes part that is annoying me. Okay, well, hopefully we'll have a little talk about it later. Oh, it'll be uh, a little talk, all right. Because uh, it seems that you got a little bit confused as to what you were supposed to do with one of the most simplistic objectives <laughs> in gaming history <laughs> on one of the smallest games ever developed. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, Twitch competitor YouTube Gaming is launching later today, which is yesterday, uh, the, um, yesterday of the 26th of August, Wednesday. Yes. That was the worst way anyone's ever said a day. That's how Americans say it. It's, it's all around the other way, isn't it? Uh, so, Twitch, YouTube now. YouTube is quite a big site, to put it mildly. Um, but do we need another tw- sort of video streaming site, Gareth? Well, the thing is that Twitch is, like, ubiquitous now. Like, every fucker knows Twitch. Everything is streamed on Twitch. Yeah. The only way another site could possibly hope to compete is if they already had the name recognition of, like, a YouTube. So, yeah. all these other sites that have come out, like, hitbox.tv or whatever it was, uh, One More Game or some shit, I don't know what the fuck it was called. Or if they allowed you to stream sexual content. Go on, Don. So, I remember when PlayStation 4 came out and the whole PlayStation TV thing yeah. was like, cool, you can just stream yourself on your own instant channel on PlayStation TV. Yeah. And it was basically everyone shagging. Just doing drugs and dicking. Yeah. And yeah. everyone was like, brilliant. So even more people got a PlayStation camera. <laughs> like, I want to watch this. And then they started banning the people who were broadcasting them, shagging their girlfriends and stuff. Uh, at which point... It? Well, no, but it's apparently, you know, apparently it's not nice to, to just broadcast that stuff. <laughs> Whatever. But um, I think if they should, they should put on thing, they should put on an, an 18 block on it. So you've got to prove your age. And then if you're over 18... Yeah. You can watch any content whatsoever. We're, we're all adults. I'm sick of being treated like children in so uh-huh. many aspects of society. So if uh, if they started to allow you to stream sex on another streaming uh, site, they would immediately get a huge. YouTube beat. won't know. No, because they Google and they're yeah. uh, they're all, they're well anti-porn, aren't they? But the thing yeah. is, porn is one of the biggest <laughs> industries in the world, and if you could do that, Gareth and Don, it would be absolutely. Fun. Not, I don't mean you two do that. <laughs> I don't think anyone will bloody tune into that. I don't um, know, midget uh, porn gets a fair few. Yeah, midget porn is amazing. It is. Um, or as Don calls it, porn. Yeah, just <laughs> he, he just watched it going, what, 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 what do you mean? There's nothing unusual about this. <laughs> and everyone's going, look, look, what? I don't understand. Look at the small man with the girl, with the, yeah. the, the giant woman compared to the small, tiny man. Well, she's very... And I'm like, no, the man's yeah. perfectly in proportion and she's just massive. <laughs> Uh, Grand Theft Auto series has shipped more than 220 million units to date. Now, Gareth, you're not a mathematician, 
but yeah. 220 million times let's say 30 pounds is a lot of pounds that is uh, more than the 30 you started with yeah so you know as we know it's one of the biggest series in the world it's, it's not like it's surprising it's not like oh you know gears of war has sifted 220 million pounds yeah <clears throat> 220 million units uh it's grand theft auto so no one's surprised about that no i mean there... like gta 5 took in like 1 billion dollars in its first day yeah. like and the thing is gareth is they're very very clever in the way they do it in that they stage they release it in stages so obviously i bought it on xbox 360 then i bought it on xbox 1 so that obviously counts for two units um Whereas if they had released them all simultaneously, I'd have just gone with Xbox One. And it was the same with on the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. I originally played Vice City and San Andreas and GTA 3 on the PS2. Then I played them again a few years later on the Xbox. Um, So very, very smart marketing there, Don. It's not just marketing, though, is it? Because they released GTA 5 again on next-gen consoles... But they had done so much work to make it yeah. even better. Like you, they justify it. You didn't feel bad buying it twice because oh. you're buying. It was like you were buying a brand new game's worth of effort. That's exactly <laughs> what it was, Gareth. Yeah. Exactly so, like when that. You upgrade a phone. You know, <laughs> sometimes you you get all these little new gadgets and stuff like that. And the first person mode by itself was reason enough to go and get it. Yeah. Um, well, paying an insignificance, but in its own way quite impressive, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt has now sold over 6 million copies worldwide, which is a great achievement. Uh, obviously, I'm the only one that still played played it. Gareth hasn't given it the light of day, even though it's right up his street and he'd absolutely love the game. Don doesn't play games other than Destiny, so you're right there, Don. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Gareth, come on. Isn't it about time... What, and make it six million and one? Yes. It's not a round number. No one wants that to be the number. Well, wait till you're the seven millionth. <laughs> Counting them down. But, you know, it's great that people are starting to welcome these kind of games. I don't know how many are on PS4, how many are on Xbox One and PC and so forth. Yeah. But it's just showing the maturity of gamers now in that they don't look at something like this and go, oh, medieval crap, blah, 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 blah. They're actually enjoying the games and getting engrossed in the worlds, and it shows that with CD projects, if you do put the time and effort into a game, make it beautiful and give it a real soul, then people will flock towards it, well, which is brilliant. I, for one, look forward to The Witcher 8. You, Gareth. <laughs> there probably will be a Witcher 8, but it's not going to be for a very long while, but it's just, I feel very, very sorry for you, Gareth, because... <laughs> okay. This game is so good, and you're just depriving yourself from it for it no good reason. It doesn't look like my kind of thing, I don't know. Says Mr. Dungeon and Dragon Boy, who played Skyrim and loved it. Skyrim's the best game ever made, though. This it's... is just a game. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> you don't understand. It improves on Skyrim in almost every single way. Nope. Okay, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> the tournament is coming to the Wii U next spring. So, for everyone out there that was looking at it thinking, oh, I wish it's on next-gen consoles, well, unfortunately, it's only going to be on the Wii U. Uh, we thought this. this was a joke at first, didn't we, Gareth? Well, I mean, yes. Yeah. Because it sounds fucking ridiculous as fuck. It does. 
<laughs> Tekken but with Pokemon cool. in it sounds shite as well. Yeah. Have you uh, have you got any sort of juice left after your prediction of uh, Batman Arkham City Arkham Knight? Sorry. What to say that this is going to be shit? Yeah. Nah. Just say it's, it's just it's it's going to be one of those games where people play and go, oh yeah, okay. It's going to be so under the radar and elicit no feeling whatsoever that people are just not going to care either way. Yeah, it'll it'll make basically no lasting impact. I reckon people will be like, no, it's really good, it's really good. But then no one will really give a shit. That's what I think. Yeah. It'll be surprisingly good, but no one will buy it. Like Splatoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which exactly. everyone, by all means, people are saying is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, FIFA 16 demo lets you play women's team and ultimate team new draft mode. Um, neither of you are going to play this. No. No. Not even see the women, Don? Uh, no. No, Gareth. Um, I'll buy in the demo. Although, is this going to are... PC? True. Is it coming to PC? Is it coming to PC? Because um, if it yeah. does, there's guaranteed to be a naked mod. Oh, Don, stop threatening EA. The demo will launch on Xbox One, PS4, PC, <laughs> Xbox 360, and PS3 from September 8th to 10th. It's only two days. Yeah. Well, that's all you need for a demo. Yeah, and right. I've never heard, really heard of a time demo. I've heard of a time beta and obviously things like that. But to release a demo for two days, normally a demo goes up and then that's it. Yeah, I think beta and demo are basically just interchangeable at this point, aren't they? Oh, it makes me sick, Gareth. Uh, and for anyone <laughs> that does have, uh, I don't know if it's the same on PS4, but on Xbox One at the moment, there's a rather generous uh, hour's play worth of Dying Light that's just come out. Um, so you can play that, Gareth, Don, and you can say, you know what, Rob, actually, this isn't a bad game. Okay? I uh, believe we interviewed the guy who did the soundtrack for Dying Light. Yep, Pavel Blashnevedem. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, and he was absolutely fantastic. He was a really nice guy. And, you know, he was the last guest we had on. Um, it's just so hard nowadays because everyone's so tight-lipped, aren't they, Gareth? Yeah, and oh. plus... You know, we're not exactly in the top 300 on iTunes, so it's... No, we're not, Gareth, but even if we were, you know, people are so sort of scared about what they can and can't say. I mean, I doubt you'd get any of the people on the podcast. Um, Gears of War creator Cliff Blazinski, new game revealed as Lawbreakers. Now, Don, I don't know anything about this. Hopefully you can shed some light on it. I've literally never heard of this. Fantastic. Gareth, I don't really know anything about this. Hopefully you can shed some light on it. I can. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Christ for that. I feel like Don's not talked in a while, but... It's okay. I, I will when I know what I'm saying. All right, cool. Uh, basically, <laughs> the, there's a trailer out for it that's just like a cinematic trailer. And the trailer goes on to explain that humanity at some point destroyed the moon, oh. which made the gravity on Earth fuck up. Uh, and everything was right. fine for a while until people discovered how to like take advantage of this gravity shit. And so they had to create a special police force to oh, fight the people who were using the gravity wrong. Who goes uh, around judging if you what? use gravity wrong? <laughs> and in what way did the gravity get messed up? Is there more gravity or less gravity? The, so things just sort of appear to be floating. It's really weird. The moon got blown up and then it caused you sound like someone pitching the actual idea at one of their meetings 
there's lots of natural disasters on Earth. Everything got fucked up. But then humanity rebuilt just with fucked up gravity. Yeah. Right. That's it. It's called Lawbreakers. And you break the law by abusing gravity. <laughs> yes. And that's but, basically the only law. Well, Cliff Lozinski did mention that he wanted to make a game similar to like Unreal Tournament and stuff like that. So this is quite a cool concept to base that around, because gravity being all fucked up is quite an interesting mechanic for a first-person shooter. Yeah, well, we've had gravity suits, gravity guns, gravity boots, what was yeah. gravity this. What's that game where you can actually affect the gravity? Uh, was it Fractured? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think it was Fractured, yeah. That was shit, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, gravity's such a hard thing to do, isn't it? Because it's it affects everything, and if it's not fun then you, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, the way Borderlands do it, with the sort of less lack of gravity when you're on the surface of... Uh, what, what's the planet called, Gareth? The moon. That's the one. <laughs> you're on the surface of the moon. I thought it was called something else. Uh, Is it well, called the moon in Borderlands? Oh, no, in Borderlands you're on Pandora. That's it. And in Borderlands pre-sequel, you're on Elpis, which is the moon. That's rude. Yeah, so I did, so, uh, did it on Dead Space as well. Yeah, that was fun, Don. Yeah. But it was only at certain places. And yeah. Mario Galaxy I mean, did uh, Gravity well as well. Yep. There we go. But Who's Gravity going? can also be absolutely awful. Okay, remember that. <laughs> okay. Gravity can be awful. Remember that, kids. Well, yeah, don't play around with Gravity. Do you remember Total Recall, what it done to Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyes? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Gravity. That what was, was it? Uh, that was... <laughs> That was uh, the atmosphere, right? The atmosphere. Plus, he got better pretty quick. He did, yeah. <laughs> Quite, and it didn't so do that. No gravity. lasting damage. No lasting out of his eyes. <laughs> do you know what? Oh. There may have been a little bit of gravity involved, but mostly, I think, the atmosphere. How much would you say, percentage-wise, was Zero. it? Zero. He about... rolls down a hill. Yeah. That's Why true, do I remember this film so clearly? The gravity, because it's fucking excellent. Um, the gravity on Mars is not quite the same as Earth, but it's very, it's almost comparable. Thank you. You could walk around on Earth, on Mars. You could walk around on Earth? Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's uh, taken a weight off my shoulders, Don. Uh, <laughs> weight that I probably wouldn't have felt. That's a gravity was... joke you just yeah. made. Thank you. Nice. I'm going to have to explain it. Uh, Turok and Turok 2 are being... Turok. What did I say? Turok. Turok. It's Turok. It's Turok. Turok and Turok 2 are being digitally re-released for PC. Now, someone that I think is a little bit of a Turok fan uh, who interrupted me, uh, are these games that we should play? Would they have aged well? If not, should we play them now? Should we look at them? Should we not? Should we go outside? Should we go to the shops? <laughs> what should we do, Dom? Turok, the first one on the N64, was one of the launch games the N64, and uh, it was phew, average at best, um, mainly because it had shocking levels of fog. Um, you literally could only see about six character step footsteps in front of you before the fog just descended um which made it feel really weird but it was one of the first 3d games that people like hugely got hold of that weren't pc players and because uh, it features dinosaurs and shitloads of weapons including a nuclear fucking gun um people were like this is some cool shit but it was genuinely a pretty terrible game um 
Turok 2 was much better, Thank you. but suffered from some seriously poor map design on the final stage um, because the final alien ship was exactly the same in all four directions you could go and you could go for fucking miles in every direction and it was the same fucking corridor again and again and again it was a nightmare but Chirot 2 was quite fun the cere- mainly though they're known for the weapons the nuclear gun from the they first one sound like hell to be honest the, the cerebral ball gun from the second one is quite famous um, do you want to play them again now for some reason I don't no, think so not really <laughs> not when you can play Destiny not when you can play a shitload of other fantasy shooters. Um, I mean, unless they've changed a shitload of it, they're rebooting it rather than just remastering it. Well, they tried doing that a few years ago, don't you remember? With Turok Evolution, it was fucking awful. No, after that. They did they did well, after well, that. Yeah, I, so much that I, could, I couldn't bear. There to... was a guy from Mohican Don. He was oh, the main character. Was he called yeah. Turok? I don't know. He, was, he wouldn't have been called Turok, he'd have been called Chirok. Come on, <laughs> I, Gareth, get with it. I still remember the ultimate cheat for Turok 1. Uh, can we do that in hot gossip over a number of weeks, or do you just want to give it out? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been well known for over a decade, so... <laughs> okay. Feel free, Gareth. In fact, more like two decades. Yeah. Closer to 20 years since Turok 1 came out. So if you're playing Turok on the N64 right now... <laughs> <laughs> right now which is likely let's face it yeah. yeah and you want to unlock all the things in the game go to the cheats menu and type in nth gth dy gdcrtd trk yeah it's as simple as that yeah easy and what does that spell gareth well it's on the eighth day god created turok without the vowels wow that's pretty good, Gareth. Um, and what was your favourite cheat of all time, Don? <clears throat> My favourite cheat of all time is probably uh, Tiger Woods. Way. Oh, that's pretty good. Now, that was good, Don. <laughs> um, Grow Home, Twisted Metal, uh, and a few more are free uh, with, for PlayStation Plus members in September. Uh, Grow Home, Twistle, Twisted Metal... Super Time Force Ultra, Tesla Grad, sounds like something Gareth would play, Lambolana X, and Zeo Drifter. So if you want to play all of those games, get yourself a PS Plus account. You can play them for absolutely free. Have you played any of them, Gareth? No, but Grow Home's supposed to be awesome. Okay. Well, I thought you'd have played it. Well, I'm fucking poor. You're not. You work. Surely you've had your. Do they pay you? Payday for me is tomorrow. Uh, oh, is, is that going to be your first ever payday? No, yeah. second. <laughs> but my, my first went all to my girlfriend. Oh, that is harsh. So I'll get to keep some money this time, I think. Mate, you're getting slapped. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you literally got robbed as soon as you came in. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Does that? No, don't worry about it, Gareth. It's all right. We, we don't judge you. But, you know, we don't all live the life of a sexy bachelor don. That's true. Uh, any of those titles interest you, Don, as a PS Plus subscriber? Nope. Come on, Might just pretend. Yeah, Grow Home sounds excellent. I might yeah. pick that up. Brilliant. You should. Good 3D okay. platforming. Take uh, a few hours. <laughs> Well, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition and more uh, is available free on Xbox One. I love the way you pronounce words. Definitive. Definitive. 
well, <laughs> neither of you are going to get that. So, uh, I like the Tom Parader. You don't like Tom Parader, do you? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like Tom Cruise. Thanks. Uh, there's also be Dear God, uh, Tomb Raider, Battle Station Pacific, and Crisis Free. Battle Station Pacific. <laughs> it's specifically <laughs> Battle Stations. Oh dear. Uh, ready for a Super Mario reboot again, Don? Yeah, why not? Really? Yeah, let's have another one. Oh, I thought you were going to say no. No, but I love Super Mario. And part of the fun of Super Mario is they keep fucking changing up. Yeah, well, I wasn't really of the generation to really let the movie with Bob Hoskins uh, and Benicio Del Toro. Oh, you mean the movie? No, games. Oh, no. Nintendo should stay the fuck away from films. Yeah. There you go. Well, they're going to start making films. (laughs) (laughs) There is no point. There is no part of Mario that translates into a movie. That's not true. Come on, rescue the girl is every Hollywood movie. Exactly, every everyone ever. If they did like a Pixar-style Mario movie, yeah. If they if they. Pix- yeah, Pixar it or DreamWorks it. So much money. Like, there's like three. So the three most popular like faces that children or adults recognise in the entire world is like Jesus, Mickey Mouse, and Mario. <laughs> and Gareth. So, <laughs> so like, if they bring out a Mario movie, that's one of the most recognisable things that exists on the planet. Yeah. Having a movie for the first time properly. So it would do so much money. A Zelda yeah. movie? Like imagine like the cell shaded Zelda done in like a Pixar way, looking incredible. It'd be awesome. Mm. They're just not very interesting worlds. I know that sounds strange for someone to say. Wind Waker's massively interesting. Is it? Yeah. You go to Hyrule underwater and it's fucking sick down there. Okay. Yeah, and if they put the time mechanic in there, you'd be go- you'd be in Hyrule like in its heyday, and then you'd be there when it was underwater in the future. And Don, you're you're dangerously going into territory that children wouldn't <laughs> be able to understand. Fuck children! I want this movie. No, don't, don't. That is <laughs> don't the wrong message children. to give out. Do not fuck children. Do not disclaimer. <laughs> there we go. Don, you gotta oh. be careful because people look up to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, no, they don't. Only children, ironically. <laughs> They literally can't look up to me. No. But uh, that's the news for this week. It's been absolutely fantastic, Gareth. Thanks for plucking out of the system for us. Sorry, right. I'm, I'm a talented plucker. machine. You are. See, look, we have natural endings now that we just do ourselves. Except when I don't edit it properly, so this yeah. is all just left in. Yeah, this will be left in. Yeah. And then I'll be listening to it and go, oh, f- Hello everybody and welcome to this week's music section. I'm Gareth and I take you through uh, the best music from video games every week, or at least what I think is the best. Uh, feel free to let me know what you think the best is uh, by emailing the podcast uh, podcast.gamebanner.co.uk if you've got any suggestions. Uh, this week's track is is a classic. It's uh, 
one of the most iconic pieces of video game music of the past 10 years. And uh, if you heard it in the context of the game, you love it forever. <laughs> uh, if there's uh, three words I could use to describe it, I would say a triumph and a huge success. Uh, so this is from the soundtrack to Portal, and this is Still Alive. This was a triumph. I'm making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake. And the science gets done, and you make a neat plan for the people who are still alive. an absolutely beautiful song what made you pick it i mean it's a classic you know yeah i mean you know if if i was going to pick one song to show aliens if they came down and asked what's gaming <laughs> um it would be that and obviously it ties in brilliantly with this week's feature which is metal gear solid history now all three of us are probably authoritarians when it comes to the history of metal gear we've played all of them even the ones on msx uh, so we know pretty much everything there is to know. And whilst we 
like to think of ourselves as the preachers of Metal Gear, we're also of the idea that there are people out there that may not know as much as we do. So we're going to use this opportunity before the release of The Phantom Pain uh, next week, which is the 1st September, which is a Tuesday, uh, the day I go back to work, unfortunately, to maybe fill in the gaps that you may not be familiar with. So when you think of stories in games, none come more convoluted or confusing than Hideo Kojima's Confusathon Metal Gear Solid. Cutscenes, cutscenes, cutscenes. If you didn't have the attention span to see them through, then chances are you'll not be familiar with the game's overarching plot. If you are sitting at home and this sounds like you, then sit back, cup yourself and brace yourself. If you don't know your less enfance terrible from your patriots, and don't know where to start when Metal Gear Solid 5 is released on Monday, then this week's feature is just for you. Join us here at the Game Central Podcast as we give you the definitive history of Metal Gear Solid. If you are a bit of a silly pants, you may think that Metal Gear Solid started out on the PlayStation. If you're an absolute moron, you would think that it started with 2004's Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. No, Metal Gear Solid began life on the MX at MSX, which stands for Metal Solid Extreme. It was quite a simplistic game, and Hideo Kojima thought to himself, Man, I like hiding. What if I could create a game based around the concept of hiding? Fast forward to 1998, and the release of Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation, and again, Hideo Kojima stuff uh, with stealth concept, which served him well for the MSX era. He continually tells his workmates, This is well good, isn't it? And, uh I think people are inclined to agree. One of the biggest revelations was that Solid Snake was in fact a clone. A clone which, like himself, was the perfect soldier on the battlefield. Kojima managed to break the fourth wall with Metal Gear Solid, including passwords needed in the game inside the manual. One moment that everyone knows and loves and has gone down in gaming history is the encounter with Psycho Mantis players literally freaked out when he read your PlayStation 2 controller and made your memory card shake. Oh, it sends shivers down my spine just thinking about it. This will be my last Metal Gear game ever, Kojima exclaimed standing upon his desk. I am going to make a game called Zone of the Enders with massive robots. Alas, Hideo would go on to make Zone of the Enders, but no one really cared. I most only bought it for the demo of Metal Gear Solid 2 inside. But we get ahead of ourselves. During the time between Metal Gear 1 and 2, Revolver Ocelot was very busy attaching Liquid's arm to his very own, and, using the last piece of DNA, was able to create the world's most efficient assassin, codename 47. Metal Gear Solid 2 was a fantastic showcase of the potential of the PlayStation 2's power, and sold by the millions. But Snake was about to come face to face with Ocelot once again. Ocelot rudely stole a Metal Gear, and that made him a very dangerous man. As is now well known, big twist in Metal Gear 2 is that you hardly played a snake at all. Gamers were understandably furious when they were greeted by Raiden, an effeminate guy, the polar opposite of the mullet-haired hero. Raiden ends up fighting Dr. Octopus from the Marvel Universe as they become intertwined in each other's universes. It still hasn't been explained. When development was completed, Hideo Kojima stood upon his desk and proclaimed, This will be the last Metal Gear Solid I will ever make. I'm off to develop Zone of Enders 2, the second runner. 
I mean, by the time 2004 rolled around, uh, we were treated to the third chapter, in which we play Solid Snake's father, Big Boss, and this is a spoiler, but he's also actually known as Sam Fisher. Uh, now, Sam Fisher is an anti-terrorist agent, a shadow, a cell, inserted into the most dangerous ter terrains across the globe. If he's caught, the USA will deny any and all knowledge of him. Unfortunately, his daughter is hit by a car and killed. This would have been Solid Snake's sister. Understandably, Sam Fisher is inconsolable and leaves Third Echelon to concentrate on his two remaining sons, who would name Liquid and Solid. Uh, he needed to care for them as his daughter Gas had just passed away, uh, so family was more important to him than ever. Upon completion of the game, Hideo Kojima stood on his chair in his office and proclaimed, This is it! This is the last Metal Gear game I've been working on. I'm off to work on Zony Enders 3, the third runner, last one. <clears throat> With the dawning of the PlayStation 3, the next generation had truly begun. And to absolutely no one's surprise, Kojima announced that Metal Gear Solid Guns of the Patriot was in development. It charts the rise of the Patriots, a group of elite clone soldiers led by Sam Fisher. After learning that Liquid had died, on top of the loss of gas, it really was too much to take in. Revolver Ocelot joined him and brought along one of his clones. Clones. Hitman, codename Agent 47. Seeing all of the trouble that was brewing, Solid Snake, now rapidly aging, called on the help of an old friend. That friend was Raiden, now a fully-fledged cyborg for some reason. The unit called themselves Foxhound Fox Die, and they were to go up against the La La Le Luli La La de Patriots in a fight but little did they know that there was a third party interested in global domination. And that person was called Vamp and Sorrow. He also had friends Cyborg Ninja, Meryl Wolf, Sniper Vulcan, and Raven Mantis. Not to mention the bipedal walking tanks that littered the battlefield. This wasn't World War III, but it was the closest thing to it. A massive fight happened, and Snake won. Hideo Kojima then stood atop the canteen table and announced that this would be his last ever Metal Gear title and that he was already busy working on Zone of the Enders 4. And that leads us to here and now, the present. Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Konami proclaimed that this will be Kojima's last Metal Gear game. And this one actually will be. Will they save the boy with a cassette player? Does Quiet the Sniper really have to wear that? And why does Big Boss have a massive horn on his forehead? Well, we wouldn't know. You've had our comprehensive guide to Metal Gear, so now all you have to do is wait until September 1st and you can conclude this mission. Well, this is the new section. Email play, we do what you say. We asked for your ideas last week for ideas on a new section. Some were disturbing, all were disturbing. So this week on Email Play, We Do As You Say, we have a letter from a young Ed. So Gareth, would you like to just read that? Okay. Uh, hi Gareth. After listening to your latest podcast... Uh, Stop there. Your latest podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Okay. I, I don't presume to know if he meant just me. Okay. Of course. Um... I heard your request for new material. Uh, I spent most of the night coming up with something amazing, which is story time with Rob. It's a fantastic replacement for T for Two, as it's oh, more comedic one. and cool. 
and T for Two was never supposed to be comedic. He was it was it was deadly serious. <laughs> and T for Two is spelled the letter T number four number two. I uh, think Terminator Two referred to as T two. Ah, see, well, see, he wouldn't have known that though. So I, I no. give him a break on that. Okay. Uh, basically, in the new section, story time with Rob. Rob would start with the opening sentence. You write this down, Rob. Yep. And now it's time for us to all sit down and relax and forget about games for a minute, as it's time for me to recollect a rather insentient but sexual-based story about my life. Yes, it's the new section of the podcast, Storytime with Rob. Uh, he says, uh, what do you think? I think this could be further expanded by involving yourself and Don, but that's for you to decide. Kind regards, Ed. Well, it's, it's nice that he uh, allows us to further expand if we want to. By Thanks, Ed. Yourself and Don. Because uh, he's, he's quite adamant that it must be insentient, uh, but sexual. Yeah, he he definitely has it out for your innermost secrets. Well, you know, I, I looked up the term insentient, and it means devoid of sensation or consciousness. So that means a story in which I recount a sexual but unconscious moment in my life. Oh, God. Which, by its very nature, means I've had no idea that the event took place. But damn it, if we can make a podcast devoid of sensation and consciousness, I'm not giving up on a good story. So now it's time for us to sit down, relax, and forget about games for a moment. many years ago I had gone on holiday with my parents and stayed in quite a remote caravan. I had never been one to enjoy these excursions and happened to find them rather boring but this particular year just after my 17th birthday in sunny August little was I to know that my life was about to change forever. Adjacent to our caravan was another of these mobile homes and the first night of my stay I was somewhat surprised to see that a young middle-aged woman decided to undress in the bedroom with the light on and curtains pulled apart, as if she had given herself carte blanche to behave in this manner. I imagine that in her day-to-day life she was something of a well-to-do lady. As she slid her bra strap down over her right shoulder, I suddenly felt something in my trousers by the zip area. I reached my hand into my pocket and realised it had been one of those small biros from Argos which I had forgot to put back. Leaving the shop oblivious to my crime. Great, another Argos I can never return to. They still hadn't caught me since I had mistakenly repeated the crime in my local store. But by hell I was on holiday. So what if I turned a little crazy? I just turned 17. I was living life on the edge. Clutching the stolen implement in my right hand, watching as she started to unbutton her trousers. Surely she was never usually this sensual. She must have known someone was watching. After all, here I was. A criminal on the run. A bad boy. Isn't that what women like? Suddenly, my thought process came to a sudden halt as a loud voice entered her room. A tall man entered as he picked up the nearest piece of cloth to cover her modesty. Where's my mum's wedding ring? For anyone who's ever stayed in the caravan, the walls are very thin and I was able to listen to every word. I haven't got it, Bruce, please. We've been all over this already. Get out of my house! 
Bruce shouted at the top of his voice. I knew right then that this man had to be some kind of monster. It was past 11 o'clock and he did not hesitate in shouting. Also referring to his caravan as a house made me question his sanity. The lady threw on a t-shirt, pulled her jeans and squeezed awkwardly past a huge figure standing in the doorway. Bruce was intimidating the poor lady and I could do nothing about it. All I had in my hand was a stolen Argos biro. I could jam it into his skull, but it was two inches long at most. I would be lucky if it penetrated his skull, let alone pierced his brain. I was as helpless as she was. She ran past my caravan, holding her head in her hands. Her head was still attached to her neck. I must make that clear. <laughs> I don't know what came over me in that instant, but before I knew it, I was running after her. Wait, wait, I said, trying to catch up. I had never before chased a crying woman, and if I'm honest, I quite enjoyed it. I wouldn't like to think what onlookers would have thought. Finally, I caught up, as I'm a really fast runner. She was obviously impressed as she stopped crying almost immediately. <laughs> Who are you? She whimpered. The tears may have stopped, but deep down she was still terrified. I'm from the caravan alongside you and I saw what happened. Oh, I'm so sorry, she protested. It's not normally like that. It's just He hates enclosed spaces and caravans. It caused him a lot of discomfort. Hey, I'm no angel myself, I said, as I proudly reached into my pocket and held aloft my Argos biro. Huh? I don't know what you mean, she said with a confused look on her face. Women love a mysterious guy, and I'd already piqued her interest. Look, she said, looking down at the floor. I'm okay now, just needed a bit of space. Caravans can be pretty intense places. Let me just go into the shop. I need to get some Hovis granary bread, or Bruce will kick off tomorrow morning when he needs his toast. Hey, look, I said, pointing at the toy grabbing machine. This looks like fun. I'm pretty addicted to these things. Oh, come on, these are a massive con. The grabber never grabs things tight enough, she shot back. Well, I said, as I rubbed my hands together and clipped my knuckles. You've obviously never seen me play. In the front room of my caravan, it is stuffed full of grabber machine teddies. With that, I took out a 20-piece piece, flicked it with my thumb and named it square into the money slot. The machine took it dutifully and the lights began to flash as if it was trying to intimidate me. Okay, Claw, let's see what you're made of, I shouted to myself. By this time, everyone in the local shop had vacated the building, including the manager. At least 245 people crowded around the toy machine to see what all the commotion was about. Wait, shouted the girl. The pink teddy. Go for the pink teddy. I looked at her with a furrowed brow. Why should I listen to you? Women love a bastard. And coming from a relationship in which she was continually spoken down to, I knew she would be more susceptible than most to it. Okay, I said. I'll go for the pink one. Up, up, hold down, right, and down the claw goes, ripping the pink teddy around the neck as farm and authorities manner. I was in the zone. The metal grabber was an extension of my own body, and the claw was eager to pick up the teddy and throw it out of the cabinet. <clears throat> as the teddy hit the bottom of the glass hatch, I turned away, disinterested in the prize. My only motivation was to prove I could do it, and I did. Believe me now? Wow! she exclaimed excitedly as she held the pink teddy in her arms. The crowd started to dissipate as quickly as it had formed. Everyone who was there that day knew they had witnessed something special. Suddenly, it was just her and I again, standing outside the local store. It was now coming up to 12am. Surely Bruce will be out looking for you, I said. Obviously I wasn't scared. I was more concerned for her. She looked down at the bear and began pulling at its head. Suddenly it ripped off. 
She threw her head to the ground and plunged her hand into the body. Ah, here it is, she said. A wedding ring? Wasn't that what you were arguing with Bruce about? Yes, and it's worth thousands. I hid it in the bear on the way to the caravan park because I knew Bruce would search me when we arrived. So when he stopped at the local shop to get some Hovis granary, I slipped out of the car and slipped the bear into the machine. When we arrived in the park, I couldn't help but notice the assortment of grabbing machine bears in your caravan window. You were obviously very skilled. And if anyone could get the hidden ring from the pink bear, then it's you. I stood there shell-shocked. But how did you know I would follow you? How did you know I would go to the machine and play it? Easy, she smiled. A guy can never resist a damsel in distress. With that, she dropped the body of the toy on the floor and turned around, walking off in the opposite direction. Wait, I shouted. Aren't you even going to tell me your name? Got a pen, she answered. (laughs) I think I can find one somewhere, I said as I reached down and pulled out the Argos Biro yet again. She grabbed my arm and wrote her number on it. Give me a ring sometime. I already got you one, I quickly replied. She leant in and kissed me. I then woke up in my bed, in reality with no hopes, dreams or ambitions. I was alone in my small, dank, dark bedroom and could feel some unpleasant liquid dripping down my groin. I had, to use the medical term, had a nocturnal emission. A wet dream, in other words. It was a sexual experience whilst unconscious. And that was email play, we do what you say. Wow. Okay. So, if anyone has got any suggestions, it could be anything. It could be, Gareth, can you sing... Uh, no. No, it's true. <laughs> no, it can't be that. Brian Adams. Gareth, can you just sing? That's yep. not a feature. Or you want to hear Don give himself an enema live on it. <laughs> if you write in... Oh, I, don't need, I don't need someone to write in for that. I'll do that right now. All he needs is a bendy straw and it's a very, a very small shot of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> the straw doesn't have to be that long anyway because his colon's probably like a miniature version. So Gareth, if you've got that email that people can send their suggestions into, if you want to send, I guess this is a feature now. If you want to send uh, <laughs> any suggestions for this feature next week, it's podcast at gamebanter.co.uk. Uh, and obviously, if you go to gamebanter.co.uk, you can also find all of our old episodes and such. Yeah, that we only said that at the end. So on to what have we been playing? <laughs> right, so on to what have we been playing. And Don, you have piqued my interest somewhat with you telling me that you've had a love-hate relationship with a particular game that you've been playing this week. Well, not exactly what I said. What I said is uh, you're going to love-hate uh, my what have we been playing okay. this, uh, this week. Because... Uh, this week I've been playing Destiny. Um, Love it. Let's start with the hate part. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This week oh, I've been playing. It's actually going to be a game. Hang on, <laughs> you, you've got to you've got to hear me through here. This is uh, complicated. Okay. So this week I uh, playing Destiny. Um, 
I was only able to get on for a little bit on Monday night. And then Tuesday, I finally started to uh, got a team together so I could play the end game, level 35, Prisoner of Elders. So complicated. Kill Skolas motherfucker boss. Which you did it! Mate, don't say that final, about it. Final thing. Piss off the Taken King. In, uh, in Destiny. <laughs> and uh, 7 hours, 51 minutes, and 6 other fire team members later... Finally, fucking killed the fucking. Fucking cunts. hell, dog. Excuse my language. I didn't mean to say the c word there. No, please, you can't. Please bleep that out. Gareth, bleep that. Put down a mental note, please. What did I'm you sorry, say? Did I, you I, say had use, I had to use the c word there because seven hours, fifty-one minutes. So was that continuous play, or you trying to do it? That was continuously going through. Yeah, we had like a break of like a total of like ten minutes for the toilet breaks and Mate, get a cup of tea. Sort yourself out. Now. <laughs> You know when we say you'll one day when you're on your deathbed, <laughs> literally that will be one of their moments. That I'll look back on and go, fuck me. Yeah, you'll say to Rosie, do you remember that time, Rosie, when I uh, I uh, spent seven hours doing that rating? And she'll go, Don, shh. And she'll, <laughs> she'll dab your head with uh, a, a cold flannel. Seven just... hours, 51 minutes. She'll hold so the pillow almost, down. Almost two, eight full hours. Dragging a bosom again across your chest yeah now uh, this means a couple of things this means that a i've finally completed all the 10 things for the moments of triumph uh year one challenge thing so thank fucking christ for that that's done and i've literally done everything there is now to do in destiny but you sound more relieved than anything else <laughs> i'll tell you what mate I, I, after eight hours of that um if anyone from Bungie ever listens to this, it's unlikely, but if they ever do, um, I would just like to say, fuck you. <laughs> Literally, that Prison of Elders thing, the reason it took so fucking long is because they haven't designed it at all. That Prison of Elders fight... So it's just basically over. a blank space. <laughs> what they've done to make it hard... Is they've made all the enemies a higher level than you, so they take less damage than oh, yeah. otherwise would. Plus, they've <laughs> added in so fucking many enemies to kill that you're just swamp. You're just you're defeated by sheer numbers yeah, rather, rather than, than skill. rather than skill or the challenge. And the actual fucking mechanic to beat Skolas is, I mean, first of all you got to knock his head down <laughs> to a certain amount. Then he poisons you. Um, one of you at a time, and you can only hold the poison for 30 seconds, otherwise you die. So you have to keep passing it from player to player, a bit like hot potato. Or AIDS. Or or AIDS. <laughs> so what that means is you've got to... Uh, bear in mind there's also shitloads of mobs that are insanely powerful, and if they punch you or fucking whatever the, whatever the, whatever the adjustments are that they've got going on that particular week, it could be a one-hit punch and you're dead. Um, it, it's insane. Uh, but not only that, but after you get his health down to like 30%, uh, you have to dismantle two sets of three mines, which means standing on a position underneath the mine to dismantle it whilst you're under a massive time limit. If you don't do it, you are killed and you have to start again. <clears throat> now, that in itself is fucking bullshit. Bear in mind, and you're still doing the whole bloody poison chalice, moving it across your characters, getting Sorry, overrun by mobs. Basically, they've gone, how can we make this fucking hard? Well, here's shitloads of things you have to do whilst also being overrun by mobs. Does that work? 
don't know, mate, but it'll be pretty fucking hard, that's for sure. And I'm sure players will work it out one way or another. Yeah, and I suppose and, and how that's do you what they, that's that? what they've done. Yeah, it's fucking insane bullshit. It's just literally the worst, the worst thing in Destiny, and um, in a lot of other games. Yeah, but you did it though. You did uh, it. Fuck it. I mean, I, I was so close to quitting a few times, just going, okay. I, what I said to the guys I was playing with at the time, like, just, I can only do this. Like, it's five o'clock in the fucking morning on a weeknight. I, I can't Shut do this. Shut up. What the hell? Yeah, I did it Tuesday night. So I'm like. I've I can't you know I can't play Americans. Uh, I ended up I started playing with Paul. Um, he had to drop out when we got to round four. Round four took fucking ages to get through. This is before you even get to Scolas. You've got five other rounds of enemies and bosses and shit to do. Um, that took well over three hours. Um, ah, fucking hell! And then we we're on Scolas. We must have attempted Scolas and died twenty twenty five times. Um, it's 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 ridiculous. But is it one of them things like to other Destiny players then playing it and they say, yo, have you done Scolas? Like, not a lot of people have done it. No. I mean, according to, according to Destiny's own, um, Bungie's own stats, they're like, something like um, less than 15% or less than 20% something like that of all players have completed or been in the first ever raid which means the vast majority of your players have never done the first endgame uh, piece. Well, yeah, which well, is well, they can't, like, ridiculous. say me in that figure, because I played the main game through and then never played it after that. Yeah, you'd be including that. And it's like, well, the raid is meant to be this, you know, the best thing in there, the biggest challenge and the most fun thing, because there's loads of, you know, you have to figure shit out, and it's, you know, you have to use your brain and work together as a team and all that stuff. And they're like, well, most of our players aren't even getting into that endgame content. I'm like, well, fucking hell, there's no way people who are less than A, max level characters with all the best fucking weapons in the game and who have two other players with them who are also fucking good are even going to get near to the Scolas boss at the end of that fucking Prison of Elders. And when they do get there, if they fucking get there, they're going to end up rage quitting within a fucking, within a few goes because it's just fucking ridiculous. So, you sound like you've got rage just talking about it. Fuck it. Oh, mate, I can't tell you. The amount of, oh, the amount of time that I put into it, and I'm like, it's just, it's insane. And you've played it so much that I'm like, this is just, there's no design here whatsoever. They've basically just gone, chuck a fuckload of mobs in there. We need to crop with something for the... Some sort of <laughs> destiny. But the rest of Destiny isn't like that. It's just Prison of Elders is literally, we need to come up with something quick for the House of Wolves DLC. We're not going to do a fucking raid. Uh, what else can we do? Well, a sort of horde mode, but with some extra bits and pieces. And well, we haven't really got time to actually design a proper mechanic for the boss to have. So just make it insanely hard by overwhelming them with sheer numbers of impossible to kill enemies, and that makes it hard. And therefore, in the blast. So, yeah. Well, Fuck here's the good news, Don: is that yep. you've been playing Destiny for a year. Yep. Now you get two weeks off before you have to play That's, it again for another this year. This is this is the good. This is the 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 love part of the love hate part of it. Okay. Is that now I've done that, I can officially just go. I don't need to play it anymore. I can play some other games. Woo! But you won't. However, um, after tonight, I'm going to be at home for a bit uh, tomorrow, and then I'm on holiday for a week, <sighs> so I won't be playing any games of any kind. <laughs> Next week. It, how so, soon after you get back is the Destiny expansion out? 
uh, the 15th of September and I get back at the end of next week which is 4th, 5th of September 7th in it, so about 10 days well I have roughly back. 10 days in which to play something else before taking King Cup out look at that disgusting, so you haven't played did you play Metal Gear Solid? nope what? I, I haven't had a chance to get around to, to playing it again. We didn't even prompt you. You just said on Facebook chat one day, I'm going to play Metal Gear yeah. Solid, guys. And we were like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's like, cool. I want to do that that thing where you can just run through it and go, right, this is the quickest way to complete ground. Yeah, but Phantom Pain will be out by then. Yeah, Phantom Pain's out on Monday. You're going to call it Phantom Fame. Bless your heart. So that's all you've played this week. Yeah, and fuck me, was it slog? Well, we um, say all you've played this week. It's, it's not like that, is it? Bloody it's hell. all we've played this year. Yeah. Uh, Would you like one other final stat? Final yes, stat, please. Me and Destiny. I've played roughly 850 hours of Destiny, um, which equates to approximately 36 full days. You bellend. That, that um, is a bellend, isn't it? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds mental, but I did one other piece of maths, and that is this. Um, that equates to roughly 16 hours per week on average. So if you consider that if, if I was at home at weekends, that would mean eight hours on Saturday, like midday to late p.m. playing video games, and then Sunday doing the same, which isn't all that much. Well, not that much. It's not fucking hugely excessive. And it's what a lot of people generally do. You sit and play all weekend on your video games. But That's it. Try and justify it. So it's, it, it sounds like a shitload. Yeah, and it is, but it's not any worse than me just playing video games every weekend. Yeah, I suppose you can't track your total playtime, can you? Of, I mean, you can, but <laughs> I mean, I can, but most people obviously yeah don't. across multiple games. Yeah. so you don't know. You know, you probably say, "Oh, Rob, this month you spent thirty-two days on Resident Evil," even though there's only twenty-eight days uh, in the month, and then I'll say, "Oh, this has got a bit of a glitch, this program," and then wouldn't use it again <laughs> so uh gareth what have you been playing uh two things oh well okay technically three but the third one is fallout shallow which i'm just still doing all the time that you love that it it's not even fun i just have to do it a bit uh, like sex a bit like the sex <laughs> um i've been playing serious sam the first encounter hd um, random with some yeah pretty random it was on sale uh two weeks ago i think and me and a few friends bought it um and we only just got around to playing it this week uh on multiplayer and that's a fun game it's not complicated it's not uh fancy graphics aren't the best but it moves pretty quick the shooting's fun and satisfying it's basically it's like the old Doom or Quake, uh, which is just, you know, enemies run at you and you shoot them. There's nothing much more to it than that. But it's like that times ten. So you'll be fighting some guys, uh, make your way into a room, and then a big enemy will appear. And you'll be like, oh shit. So you'll kill that enemy. And then you'll go into the next room, and there might be like four of that big enemy. And you're like, oh shit. And you have a massive epic battle with those. And then you go into the next room and there might be like 10 of them. And you'd be like, oh, fuck. You have another massive battle. Then the next room, there might be one of those, but double the size and giant. And that's like a boss fight. And then you kill that. And then the next level, they might start with like four of those. And it just keeps 
it keeps ramping it up and ramping it up in just stupid ways that don't make any sense, but they are fun. Um, the weapons are... They range from, like, just a Tommy gun to, like, a, a laser Gatling gun. They're pretty... Yeah, I liked it. They, they're not that insane so far, the weapons. I've not completed it, because uh, I've just been playing it uh, in fits and starts with my friends, but... They, it's so like you start off with a pistol, you kill the enemies in like two pistol shots, and then the next weapon you'll pick up is a second pistol, so you have two pistols out, and then when you squeeze the trigger, it'll fire both pistols. So now the enemies that were taking two shots before, you kill in like one barrage of pistol shots, and then you pick up a shotgun, and then the shotgun will kill them in one, and obviously you can hit more than one enemy. So it's like there's a very gradual ramp up of damage you're doing um, that is actually very smart. When it gets to the point where you have, like, a rocket launcher, and then they spawn a giant boss that the rocket launcher does well against, um, and then you're thinking, well, they just gave me the rocket launcher on, like, the fourth level, and there's all these empty item slots, what could they possibly be ramping up to? And then you get, like, the Tommy gun, and you're thinking, the Tommy gun's not going to be that powerful, and then the Tommy gun's fucking shredding everything Mm. um, that you were having trouble with before. So it's just, like... It's, it gives you that power fantasy of just becoming more and more powerful. Enemies that you were having trouble with, now you're just completely owning. But it also keeps the challenge up by... Almost like what Don was having trouble with in Destiny, by them just throwing shitloads of enemies at you. This does, but... Um, it's actually been designed, unlike Destiny. Yeah, it's more <laughs> like crowd control, isn't it? Than anything else, like arena battles. Yeah, and like... You know, those enemies that have bombs for hands, no head, scream at you and scream at you. <laughs> like, in your headphones, you'll hear one, like, behind you, and you've got to constantly be, like, yeah. keeping your head on a swivel and managing where you are in the arena. It's it's difficult, but in a fun way. Um, and you don't really care when you die, you come back straight away. And you can have up to 16 players online in multiplayer, really? which sounds like it'd be amazing, but yeah. I don't have... I don't have that many friends. No. Well, I don't have one, mate. Uh, well, I, I count as a friend, I think. No, I asked you to play Borderlands with me ages ago and you didn't. Well, that's different, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm going to play more of it. Just, I really enjoy it, but it's, it's not something I'm like addicted to. Unlike something that uh, came out yesterday... Uh, so I got home from work yesterday, and I was like, right, I'm finally going to play Not A Hero, I've got this whole evening free, I'm going to sit down, I'm just going to play it properly, I played a little bit of it, but I want to dive into it, because I've been playing the soundtrack the past two weeks, and I really like the soundtrack, and i played it a little bit. So I sat down, and I was like, okay, Not A Hero, let's go. And then Diablo started downloading, a quite a large patch. Mm. Uh, and I was like... Okay, that's interesting. And I looked, and it turns out this is the patch that they've been talking about for months that introduces a shitload of mechanics, a new area, new bosses, new enemies, new items, new legendaries, new sets. And they went the rest of my night. Like, oh, it's so much fun. (laughs) The new area is pretty huge, and it's full of new enemies, but it's not really that big of a deal. Um, They made it up to sound like that was going to be really like pivotal but instead you just you do this area once to get the item 
that you need from there and then you basically never have to do again. Bloody hell. Um, but the item you get is called Kanai's Cube, which lets you break down a legendary item and keep its passive so you can equip it um, without having the item on. So what this means is basically you have builds where in this build you'll have to have specific items on in specific slots and those can't really change because they're pivotal to the build. So a lot of the builds were sort of stale um, towards this new patch coming out. But now you can have your build, the build that you know is effective that does a shitload of damage but is a bit stale and in the background you can have three legendary passives that used to be attributed to items. So for example, um, there's a weapon I had called uh, Aether Walker, where the passive on it was, let, your teleport no longer has a cooldown, but costs mana. Um, and I never equipped that item because it had shit stats. I had a better item that I use as my weapon that has a worse effect. So now, I can use my better stat weapon, but still have the effect of that weapon that I wouldn't bother using because it was really shit. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. So it just means there's a whole new feeling to the game where... Like, if you found a really good build that was powerful, you had to stick with. Otherwise you wouldn't do enough damage, you wouldn't stand a chance against the end game stuff. Yeah, well it's all strategy, isn't it? And if there's something that changes that strategy, it's like a new game. Yeah, and it, especially because, like, if you know you're already doing a shitload of damage, you can just add a passives on that just fuck about, like... Now I can just teleport infinitely as long as I have mana. Instead yeah. of it used to have like a six second cooldown or something. So it used to be like I would teleport out of trouble. And be like, okay, now I'm out of trouble with my teleport. But it had a six second cooldown. Now I'm like, teleport into battle, out of battle, in, out, in, left, right. Shake it all about. Yeah, and if I'm going to an objective on a map... I just keep fucking teleporting there. Just bam, 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 bam. And I'm fucking rapid. And it's so much fun. It like Because I have my build that I know I'm really powerful. I don't have to sacrifice any of that power to have these yeah. cool effects added on. And it it adds so much more to the game. Um, in just that little thing. People still trying to figure it out, you know. Try, Strange how some developers can do that though, isn't it? That they yeah. can just take a game that's been out for years and just fundamentally change it. Yeah, just quite a small change as well. Just yeah. letting you equip legendaries passives without having to have the weapon mm. on. Doesn't sound like it would change that much, but gives you so much freedom instantly. Changes yeah. the way you play. I would never have been able to play this way before and still compete in the high difficulty levels. And there's yeah. still like... Mm. It, you have to farm quite a lot to be able to take a passive off an item. So there's still like so many items in my stash that I'm like, oh, that passive's going to be cool. Oh, that one, that one. And I'm just looking forward to grinding non-stop so I can, <laughs> <laughs> so I can do, get more passives to have more yeah. fun, to play around, to see like, ooh, what if this passive and this passive in the background of this item set that shouldn't normally work because I need a helmet on, but it's just, oh man, it's so much fun. And like, literally, I played it all last night until I went to sleep. As soon as I got home, I did the news for us, then I played it up until 30 seconds before I called you guys. As soon as we finish this, I'm going to go right back on it 
and play it again until I go to sleep. Like, going to grind right on it again. I'm going <laughs> to grind until I come. So until the realisation that I really like the Airblow 3 again. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a really nice story, Gareth. And that not as, the future hasn't. Not as nice as your story earlier about dreaming about a woman using you. She wasn't using me. She used you to get a ring back, mate. Shit. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, mate. That's all right. So, um, what I played this week, um, I got a Shadow of Mordor game of the year edition. Oh yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> then I realised it didn't carry over any of my saves from the original game. What the? Fuck? Which is I don't even get that. Um, and I'm getting achievements again for what I've already done. So it's just classing it as a new game that I haven't even played. I'd levelled up my character ridiculous. I was thinking to myself, yeah, I want to go back on it. I'm going to do those brilliant execution moves and stuff like that. And I literally just had to start at the beginning. Vanilla flavour. But <clears throat> what I want to talk about, Gareth, is Resident Evil Revelations 2. You people won't know because they don't have access to our Facebooks. But you have been raving about this game for a few I've days been, now. Like I'm in the mid-90s in one of those clubs that used to play Prodigy and stuff like that. Uh, I, bought, I I got it because it was £15, just simply because of that. And I think a lot of us are scared of Resident Evil. We've done a future a few weeks ago about Resident Evil 2 and where it would go from there. And it, it was very, very sort of down and downbeat on where Capcom are at at the moment. And this isn't the same team that made Resident Evil 6, which is what made me think that I would give it a shot. Because Resident Evil is, you know, for me there hasn't been a good Resident Evil game since Resident Evil 4. Revelations I played on the 3DS, but that was limited by the hardware. Resident Evil 5, mate! That was good, but comparing to Resident Evil 4 and what came before it, it was such a departure from what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil. You could have called it Time Frame. And I wouldn't have said, hang on a minute, isn't it supposed to be a Resident Evil game? You know, in the fact that it didn't have much of a connection. Resident Evil 5 just played like 4, but co-op. Yeah, which took away a lot of it. So good. Right, now, Resident Evil Revelations Revelations 2. It scored quite highly, but a lot of people sort of dismissed it in the same way they dismissed Gears of War Judgment in oh it isn't a main line of the series it's not Resident Evil 7 I think I'll give this one a miss and that is much to their sort of loss really I got it at £15 like I said and one of the first things that strikes you is is Resident Evil grown up it's a lot more mature I don't mean mature as in the story or the way it's it's yeah it's 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 mature in the way that the way the story's told the way the characters are designed it hasn't got that cheesiness with it anymore and i remember you know with resident evils they would say things and you'd be like oh fuck me did they really say that and it always had this b-movie feel to it yeah and what they've really tried to do this time they've taken a lot of cues from silent hill in the kind of design rustiness of it and uh, to give it that foreboding atmosphere because a lot of the time with Resident Evil you don't feel actually scared 
And I think a lot of that problem was because Chris and Shaver were so overpowered, especially when you're playing co-op, yeah. not so much when you've got a computer AI partner. Um, but when there's two of you and you're both weaponed out to the max, there's, the enemies don't stand a chance. And that's one of the main problems. Chris Redfield doesn't look like someone that is vulnerable in that situation. Chris Redfield could probably pick up Nemesis and just throw him across the room. There is there is a scene at the end of Resident Evil 5 where he just punches the fuck out of a boulder. Basically, that's, what I'm, that's, Resident, <laughs> that's the Resident Evil that they needed to get away from. But I, I like that. See, I like the campiness. Resident Evil 4 felt like a B-movie. Yeah, and what I'm saying is Resident Evil Revelations 2 gets that balance just right. Now, it's one of the first Resident Evil games that really sort of uses its own history and makes references in and of itself. Um, And what makes it so good is you feel vulnerable again. And this is a fact that they do by your AI partner not being combative, which means that they don't use weapons. Like, the second player, like Ashley, like Ashley, yeah. The second player will use a torch so that they can blind the enemy while you try and take headshots and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so it is Claire Redfield and Barry Burton's daughter, who's called I want to say Adriana or something, but she's fallen out with her dad. Her and Claire are now working for this anti-terror organisation and they're put on this mysterious island and she's dead against guns and stuff so Claire ends up being the one that shoots and you can switch between them in real time if you're playing on your own Um, at some bits you'll just have the torch because you separate the the two of them separate to start a puzzle and she's pretty much useless on her own without Claire so when you see a hulking guy come around the corner we're not talking about these sort of non-scary enemies that you've had in the past of Resident Evil. We're talking about car- enemies that have had a lot of fault taken over them, and they are genuinely scary. Um, and the sound design's fantastic. They've really uh, took up on that. And what they've done straight away is the mechanics of the game. It feels good to play. The weapons feel good, which is something that Resident Evil 6 failed miserably with, the fact that it didn't feel good to fire a gun and to run away from enemies. And Revelations 2 has a dodge button. It has a dodge system. You know, it has a weapon system. It's it's all very good. And then the second part of it, because it's split into chapters, is Barry Burton and uh, a little girl that he finds on the island. Purely platonic, Gareth. <laughs> and she basically relies on him to see her through it but she's not annoying as you may wonder that she could be because you can switch to her as well and her thing is she's got heightened senses so she can tell where the enemies are whereas Barry can't because in Barry's part of the campaign because you're trying to find Claire Redfield and your daughter so they're a few steps ahead of you all the time so it's quite interesting in how they play with that and you feel very protective over this young girl and she can spot enemies out for Barry because Barry's got limited resources and ammunition. So you have to use her to kind of find the weak spots on enemies because she can, she can sense where their weak spots are, be it their knee or their head. 
Why can uh, she do that? Because she's got this this sense. I'm not at the point yet where it's um, been explained. Okay. But what I'm saying is, it's, it makes knowing nods to uh, past Resident Evil titles in the way it hasn't before. And there's this part where Claire's in this grinding machine. I don't mean grinding <laughs> as in what you do, Gareth. Okay. You, you have to grind or the machine stops. Yeah, uh, it's like some porn film I've seen. Yeah, this thing that basically would a crushing machine, and just in time it stops. And she goes, "I was almost a Claire sandwich." Oh, yeah. And Barry Burton's daughter goes, "Oh man, does my dad tell everyone that story?" Okay. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay. That's a nod to Resident Evil One. I wasn't on board until Barry's daughter was was yeah. Because my dad told everyone that story, and it, it's things like that, that, and it's not awful voice acting either. Um, like I say, it's very good. You feel vulnerable for the first time, and it was an evil game for a very long time. And the cooperative system, you don't feel like two tanks going into battle. You feel like you have to protect the other one. So I'd be like Gareth, quick, go go ahead and scout out, see if you can find any enemies. Tell me how many there are. And there's a stealth system as well that actually works, where you crouch down and you can go up behind enemies and take them out as Barry. So hmm. it's it's all very impressive. A very impressive, well-put-together game. And the team that have done it should be recommended because they didn't get as much uh, recognition as they should have done um, when they done Revelations. And then it was released on... The Xbox 360. Sorry about that. Sorry. Just a sick in my mouth. <laughs> it's um, um, episodic, isn't it? It is episodic, but obviously when you're playing it on the standalone disc, it says that it's chapter... It's just basically like Resident Evil 5, you know, where it says chapter complete. Yeah, yeah. It's just, so, I, I think that affects the way people talk about it. Like, you know, when episode 1 comes out, they'll be like, oh, this Resident Evil came out, it's interesting, da 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 and then they usually won't play the rest of them because they've got other shit yeah. to do. So you, I think people don't really talk about it like the way you are now. Yeah, you don't think feel that you're getting a complete game. But at no point when you buy the physical release do you think, oh, this is all episodic, it doesn't make sense, or they haven't paid attention to it. It, it still feels like a cohesive whole as if they developed it and then sectioned it off into bits. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it only really comes together when you buy the... The physical copy but yeah. on top of that there's a fantastic mode called raid mode which takes the place of mercenaries and what this is is basically self-contained areas from the resident evil history and what you have to do is you have your character and you can level them up and it's kind of like horde mode okay. but they've done a twist on it in that there'll be a certain number of enemies in each area that you have to kill to progress onto the next area. And there'll be different levels. And as you level up, the levels become harder and the levels of the enemies become harder. And through those levels, you can pick up weapon parts that you then attack. So you think of sort of Leon Kennedy when he was adding sights and stuff to his guns. Mm Mm-hmm. And what that does is it makes it easier for you. But if you want to earn more gold to get more upgrades, you use a lower-ranked character. And the lower-ranked the character is, the more experience points you get. 
So if you're level one and the enemies are level eight, then you get more um, experience for killing them. But you can still use the leveled up guns that you've used with your higher characters. So you could have like a level 10 gun with a level one character. Okay. But you can't take as much damage as the other guys. It's really well put together. You've got Wesker, you've got Jill Valentine. I don't know if you've got Jill, actually. You've got Claire, you've got Hunk, you've got all these guys coming back. And it just it, it just feels really nice. And obviously, like I say, if you're going to do things like that, you have to get the shooting right in the beginning. And that's what they've done. It's a really solid game. And I'd say for anyone, for £15, especially on Next Generation, it's an absolute steal. <coughs> and you, um... Sorry. To interrupt, but do you know what the monsters are in this Resident Evil? Yeah, they're the, they're the same. They've been experimented on, so there's a heavy hint that it's the same Las Plagas that was uh, in Resident Evil Five. Okay, so it is the Las Plagas, not yeah. T virus. Yeah, so they they it's, it's they're not zombies. They're kind of like mutated crazy people. Okay. But they're a little bit more sort of Frankenstein-looking than the enemies in Resident Evil Five. So, so a, bit like, like, a bit like people from Chatham. A bit like people from Ch- Chatham. <clears throat> Chatham. So they'll have sort of sewn-up faces and stuff like that where they've been uh, experimented on. But you know, it's a solid, solid game, and I know sometimes Gareth says, "Oh, I won't get that," but he should get it because it's just in the same way you got Devil May Cry. Just in the same way you got Shadow of Mordor, he will like this game. Bless his little heart. <laughs> <coughs> and for £15, really, you can't buy a bag of crisps for £15 nowadays. <laughs> so if you're a Resident Evil fan of the past, if you were disappointed in Resident Evil 6, if you thought Resident Evil 5 was just going a bit too far away from what Resident Evil means, pick up Resident Evil Revelations 2 and you will not regret it. Yeah, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> Don. <laughs> Where are you? Well, Gareth, this is the point. Cool. This is the point, Gareth. Where you say, and if you want to listen to past podcasts, go to www.gamebanter.co.uk where you will find all 81 episodes for your own listening enjoyment. 81 plus. 81 plus two. No, plus... One. We've got some uh, E3 stuff from two years ago, and we had yep. some movie podcasts, and nobody yep. was up for that wrestling podcast I was going to pitch, because no one likes wrestling but me. Well, the thing is, Gareth, you, you're you weird. Yep. On, <laughs> on your Twitter, you know, you wouldn't think it was game banter. You should make up a separate wrestling banter. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. But... We uh, do have another reason to go to GameBanner.co.uk. The Max Payne free. <laughs> no, no. no okay. That's uh, to find out the way to get in touch with us, so that you too can be a part of our new feature, customer feedback. you want to be featured on customer feedback next week or indeed any week you can email us at podcast at gamebanter.co.uk 
but please be explicit on which week you want to be featured. So if you want to be, you know, November, December, or even into 2016, just let Gareth know. Yeah, like if you want to be on like episode 307, <laughs> make yeah. sure to say because I won't, I won't know that just from reading you. No. Uh, so, Michael Huskisson has a very uh, uh, questionable notch on his belt. Uh, in that he was our first ever email so he popped our cherry good and proper mm. and ironically this is his email I've just popped my sending the podcast an email cherry do I win a prize nobody's going to win a prize people need to stop asking for no, prizes they will win a prize Gareth but you've just got to get off <laughs> of your lazy chair mattress whatever it is and get some prizes for people because you have the access to it. People keep thinking by email and they're going to get prizes. And that... <laughs> <laughs> that really isn't what it's about. You've, you've put this in people's heads now, Rob. Yeah. So that's from Game Boy Mick. You popped our cherry and we popped yours. And that sounds gross. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously people heard Ed's suggestion for a feature, which you can also send us. But we also received an email as we were recording this podcast. As serendipity would have it. I love it. From Alan. Hi, Alan. Uh, Alan says this. Hello there. Hello. Someone say hello. Hello, Alan. Hi, Alan. I've already said hello, Alan. But Sorry if I'm late and the competition is void, but I'm living it up in Rome right now. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't met any Japanese game developers. Doesn't have the look of the dawn. No. Uh, after entering episode 79's contest, I was worried I'd answered incorrectly when I realised Guy Whitlock should never be the answer. Which is true. It is true. Uh, anyway, I'm ready to go double or quits on my prize again. People want prizes what? for just sending emails. Yeah, prize, prizes have always been a sort of thing... In life, for everyone, everyone's achieving to strive for the prize. I guess so. Uh, I mean, yeah. this poor Alan, you know, he doesn't even know what the prize is. No one even knows what the question is for the prize. Well, they all want it. Exactly. This is how, you know, it's just our fundamental human nature. Okay. Uh, well, his answer, he says, the answer to episode 80's competition... It's actually C. Yuri Geller laughing all the way to the back. Well, uh, that is actually not the answer we were looking oh, for. Because the money didn't go to Yuri Geller himself, did it, Don? No. No. It went to a charity. It's not like he just approached you in the street and asked you if you wanted to buy a spoon. <laughs> he's fallen on the hard times. Although he is a psychic and a bit of a mentalist, so he could probably do that if he wanted. He's not psychic. Yes, he is. He He's can bend fucking spoons. Can bend spoons. He, can bend he was employed by the CIA at one point in his life to so to detect to get secret rid of Russian the bases. Because so they have too much. You can read all about it. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Alan Sellers. <laughs> thanks, uh, Alan. Yeah, send thanks, us an Alan. email. Uh, so, if you want to join the exclusive club that Michael and Alan just joined by being featured on our podcast you can email us at podcast at gamebanter.co.uk 
if you have any suggestions, thoughts, music, uh, opinions. If you questions. have any music, yeah, I've got music. I've got uh, you know, I've got a few CDs. <laughs> if you have any music, email us. It's pretty uh, broad. That's a, yeah, I feel like that's broad enough that people yeah. will probably try and get in touch. Podcast at gamebanter.co.uk. <laughs> And uh, that's that's fantastic, Gareth. Thanks. And obviously, prizes will be oh, winging their way to everyone <laughs> that emails. So thank you very much. It's been another lovely Game Central podcast. And until next week, episode eighty-two. We'll see you then. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>